0: And so it was, the two girls grew up side by side, inseparable. Any time when they thought that the little princess girl, the second daughter, would be better off without her older sister, the girl would create such a fuss and such a problem that Tatterhood, for that was the girl's name, was sent for. And Tatterhood was so wise, and so smart, and so very clever and so astute that people often forgot that she was riding a goat, wearing a tattered cowl upon her head and carrying a wooden spoon. And so the family lived very happily, the king and the queen complete in their daughters, and their daughters happy in each other and happy with the beautiful life that they led at the castle and in the father's kingdom. And so life continued on. But know this. In the country, when a girl was to turn 15 years old, there was a great celebration. Suitors were allowed to come for the very first time and see the girl. She was to be introduced to society. Now, it happened that the night of this event was the very night before Halloween, before Samhain and the old calendar. The two girls were upstairs, Tatterhood sitting quietly, taking joy in her sister's prettiness, and the younger sister flouncing around, trying on this dress and that dress, these earrings and those earrings, tying her hair up, letting it down, and doing all sorts of things that a young girl might do on such an important event. The father was in his room sharpening his sword, as fathers can do in these times. He was singing under his breath, no one is good enough for my daughter, no one is good enough for my daughter. Rather repetitive strain. And the mother was gazing at her daughters and wondering in the back of her mind what was going to happen to Tatterhood. Downstairs in the great hall were suitors of all types. Kings, nobles, generals, barons, sirs. All manner of wealthy and well-to-do young men come to see the beautiful daughter of the king and the queen but suddenly a noise came from outside noise that sounded a little bit terrifying a little bit dark a little bit foreboding and a little bit strange it was a noise a little bit like this and it was getting louder The king didn't hear it, the queen didn't hear it, the younger sister didn't hear it, all the young men down in the great hall didn't hear it, but Tata did. And suddenly she and her goat turned towards the open window. With one bound, they had crossed the room and were looking out. The king in his room felt the commotion and looked out of his window too. And soon everybody in the palace was looking out of one window or the other at the great horde that was assembling around the castle walls. And what a horde it was. Ogres and giants, werewolves, warlocks, monsters of all shapes, sizes, colors and forms. All of them beating a brick or a stone or a clay or a sword against old bat- battered battle shields singing or, m- or making noise in their own particular way some growling, some snuffling some shrieking, some laughing some jabbering and they all had their faces turned to the window from which Tatterhood was gazing <sighs> damn it said Tarahuda. All right. All right. Don't anybody worry. These are my people. They have come to ruin our party, the party of my sister. She looked at the windows down below. It was uneerily silent, or eerily silent, in the great hall, as suddenly all the suitors were finding things that they had to do, maybe mend a button, or turn down a heel, or maybe clean their eyeglasses. But something was very important to each and every one of those young men in this moment. And none of them were looking like they might go outside to fight this horde of monsters. Ah, said Tatterhood. OK, these are my people. Don't worry, let me deal with this. I knew this was going to happen. And with that, she turned and gave her sister a kiss on the cheek and said, My dear, if I do not return, remember this, always be yourself. And with a great whoosh, she and the goat and the spoon had leapt out of the window. Her sister and her mother and her father peered out into the dark after her. What? A commotion was going on below. Tara Hood darted this way and that, her spoon coming down on the heads, cracking open skulls, laying waist left, right and centre as she bashed and bullied and broke all of the horrible horde that were underneath the window. The ones that did not lie dead on the ground were on their way out, hurrying back from whence they came. It took a while, but she had almost obliterated the entire field of them when a witch who had been paying keen attention to stay out of the way of Tatterhood's goat's horns and hoofs and her terrible wooden spoon ran up to the pasture that was close by, swiped the head off of a calf and then backed up to the wall and jumped as high as she could and with one Snatch took off the princess's head and replaced it with the head of the calf and then ran away shrieking with the head tucked under her shawl. Now that caused quite a disturbance to the party. Tatterhood came running back in, or galloping back in on her goat and quite pleased with herself, she hadn't had that much fun for a long time. She bounded up the stairs, past all the suitors, who were now busy checking their phones and their messages, entered the room where her sister and her mother and her father were now congregated, and was about to declare herself victorious when she saw the head of the calf sitting on the shoulders of her sister. Ah, damn it, she said. (sighs) Well, let's have the party anyway. So the king and the queen, Tatterhood and her sister, started down the great stairs. But as soon as all the young suitors saw the calf's head on the shoulders of the very pretty princess, they took heel and left themselves. Never mind, said Tatterhood, they weren't worth it anyway. Father, tomorrow morning I'm going to go and get the head of our dear sister. Please fix me a boat and some crew. The next morning the girls set sail on a boat with several sturdy sailors. Tatahood knew this witch and knew where she lived and so they set sa- made it a direct sail. Nine days they sailed along a loch, nine days they crossed land and nine days they sailed up another loch until finally they came within sight of a small hut the boat was duly laid anchor and a small rowboat was set out for Tatterhood. "Sister, you wait here," she said, "I'll be back in a minute." Now Tatterhood had cleverly remembered to bring the head of, to bring the body of the calf, for without it there could be no exchange. She had kept it alive by some mysterious magic that she possessed, and Hungry as it was, it was waiting in the boat. <laughs> Tarahood waited until first morning light. There had been a lot of partying going on in that hut all night. And in the early morning, finally, there was silence. Apart from a dreadful snoring sound that came from the witches. Tarahood snuck up and looked through the window of the hut. Yes, quite a commotion had happened there that night. All sorts of shenanigans had been gone up to. Those witches knew how to party. There was bottles everywhere. There was papers everywhere. There was spent men and giants lying around here and there. And as she looked around, she saw the head of her sister propped on a nail on the inside of the house, of the hut. She motioned to her sister to be quiet. Her sister's head looked okay. The only difference was that she now had a shock of white hair instead of her, old, her beautiful blonde hair. But it's quite becoming. She also had a look of, of maybe wisdom in her eyes that so little time before had been full of a youthful naivety. Tatterhoot snuck in through the window, took her sister's head carefully from the nail and snuck out again. Went down to the boat, took off the head of the calf from her sister's shoulders, replaced her own head, set the calf's head on its shoulders and set it free. And then the sisters left.